and welcome to Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. How have you all been? I hope you've had a great week. Here in Bali, I've been planting my rice. We've been making sure snails don't eat it and throwing loads of cow poo all over it, which sounds disgusting, but helps the rice to grow. Now we've got a two-week break to let the rice just grow and grow. And then I'll be back to check on it. Did you know, even though we planted it a couple of weeks ago, it's not going to be ready till January. It takes so much to grow rice. So much effort and so much patience and so much time. So if you eat rice for dinner, make sure you think about all the time and effort that's gone into making each grain of rice. I've also been watching surfers at the beach and playing around with my children and their friends from school. Now, I've picked out three lovely questions for this week. Our first one comes from Ryan. Over to Ryan. Hi, my name is Ryan and I'm five years old. I've got a question for you. Why are bugs so little? Hi, Ryan. Ooh, five is a great age to be. Thanks for sending me your question. What a great one to start the week. I have never thought about it, but you're right. Bugs usually are so little. Why don't we have huge ones the size of dinosaurs, or even cats, or even something small like a mouse? Why are bugs so tiny? Well, to answer this question for you, I have Erica McAllister, who studies insects at the Natural History Museum in London. The museum is one of the biggest and most famous in the world, and it's one of my favourite places in England. I love just walking past it, even if I don't have time to go in. But if I do, ooh, well, it's wonderful in there. Do have a visit if you ever go to London. I do miss it, although I have to say I've seen a lot of interesting bugs here in Bali. Over to you, Erica. Why are bugs so small? Yes, indeed, but many insects are very small. In fact, smallest bug is a type of wasp called a fairy fly, and this is only 0.139 millimetres in length. That is smaller than a full stop. You do have the other extreme. So, for example, there's some goliath beetles that weigh 100 grams. That is the same amount as five house mice. But yes, they're mostly small. And this is because they don't have lungs. They have tiny tubes called trachea that spread around their bodies like the branches of a tree. Gases in the air are always on the move and the insects are small enough that even without lungs, air enters through tiny holes and then flows around inside their bodies. Some insects can help this movement by expanding and contracting their exoskeleton to enable the gases to get even further. But even with this, the gases can't move far. In fact, they only travel about one centimetre inside the body. And it is for this reason that insects can't grow very large, at most only a few centimetres across. Thank you so much, Erica. What a brilliant answer. I loved finding out about fairy flies. Did you know there are 1,424 species of fairy fly? Not all are the same size. The smallest of the fairy flies is the Alaptus fairy fly, the smallest insect in existence, which is 0.18 millimetres in size. That's really little. I hope that answers your question, Ryan. Thank you, Erica, and thank you, Ryan, for sending it in. Now, our next question is also about tiny things, but this time it's about something called electrons. The question comes from Dylan. Over to you, Dylan. 
Hello, my name is Dylan. I'm five years old. I live in Wales and I like Pokemon. My question is, what are electrons made of? Hi, Dylan. Wales is such a beautiful place. I used to have a little cottage in the Bracken Beacons and I love going for walks up to the Cairns. Lucky you to live in Wales. I'm waving hello to you there. To answer your question, everything in the world is made of tiny things called atoms. To imagine how tiny they are, just get a piece of paper and draw a full stop. Or we call it a period if you're American, or just a dot. In one dot like that, you could fit trillions of atoms. That's how small they are compared to everyday life of us humans. Inside these atoms are electrons, which Dylan has asked about. In the middle of each atom is a nucleus, which is the centre, and the electrons move around it. There's a ring of electrons called a shell around the nucleus, and then another one outside of that, and then another, and another, and so on. Lots of rings of electrons around the nucleus inside each atom. So now we know where we can find electrons, can we work out what they're made of? Well, you can break down electrons into smaller things inside electrons called protons, neutrons, and even smaller than that are little forces called quarks, which is a great word for Scrabble. You spell it Q-U-A-R-K-S. These quarks are grouped together with electrons in a group that scientists call fundamentals. So electrons and quarks are fundamental, which means that it's impossible to work out what's inside them, as they're just so small, we can't even conceive of something smaller than electrons. We haven't worked out what the universe is made of yet. We know electrons are there, but we don't know what they're made of. Our understanding just hasn't got that advanced yet. There's still so much we don't know about the universe and how it works, and things are changing all the time. But as yet, even though we know what an electron is, We don't know what it's made of, so we can't answer your question, Dylan. It's amazing, though, how much we're going to be able to find out about the universe in the future as our knowledge of life and the cosmos gets better slowly over time, as people around the world contribute their ideas and human understanding gets better. Although we don't know what electrons are made of, we know they're part of just about everything in the known universe, so hopefully one day we're going to find out what they're made of. Maybe it'll be you, Dylan, working on the scientific experiments that work out what electrons are made of. I hope that answers your question, Dylan. Sorry we don't have an answer as yet, but there's lots of things in the world like that that we just think nobody knows. But one day we might. Now today we've learned about tiny things in the world, from microscopic insects to teeny tiny electrons that we can't even see. Moving on from tiny things to a huge thing, countries. Our question comes from Alaric, and his question is about places in the world. Over to you, Alaric. My name's Alaric, and I like Lego, and I'm nearly eight. And my question is, what's the richest place in the world? Alaric, it's great to hear that you like Lego. It's such a good thing to play with. I think it's amazing you can build anything you want from tiny pieces. Well, this is a great question because the answer can change. The richest place in the world can change between years and even between months. Different places might have different amounts of money at different times. There are also different ways we can use maths to find out where the richest place is. Depending on how we work it out, we get a different answer. 
So this is quite an interesting and complicated question. One way we calculate the richest place in the world is by using something called GDP, which means gross domestic product. That is the total cost of everything that a country makes and sells. It measures the cost of everything from food, medicine, clothes and much more. The place in the world with the highest GDP at the moment is the United States, which means that this is the place in the world that has the most money. However, there can be a different answer to the question, what's the richest place in the world? We can use different maths. Instead of the total money in a place, we can also divide the amount of money by the amount of people in the place. This gives us an idea of how much money there is per person in a country. So if you make up a country that has 10 pounds and 10 people in it, each person would have a pound. Using this maths, the answer we get is Ireland. Whilst America is the richest country because it has the most money, Ireland has the most amount of money per person. But people who work in banking and finance discuss this. What's the best way to measure how rich a place is? If you think about the number of millionaires in one place, which is the number of people who have over a million pounds each, the answer is New York City. There's more millionaires in New York City than anywhere else in the world. But it's important we think about not just individuals. In January, a charity called Oxfam calculated that the richest 1% of people in the world have twice as much money as the rest of the people in the whole world put together, which is incredibly unfair and unbelievable. Because of facts like this, experts want to include other things in their calculation of the richest place in the world. We can think about things like health and how healthy all the people in the country are, what the education is like, how people's minds are looked after, and there's so many things to think about really when you're talking about wealth. It doesn't always have to be about money. There's a country I love called Bhutan, and instead of measuring gross domestic product, they measure gross national happiness and they try to find ways for all of the people who live in Bhutan to feel happy so that all their citizens are looked after. I think that's a great way to measure wealth, a kind of wealth that isn't about money exactly, it's about a happy life, not just for some people but for all the people in the country and ultimately on our earth that we all share. We should try to think about gross earth happiness. So, Alaric, there are actually many different answers to your question depending on the way you look at it. I hope that helps you think about it more and thank you for asking me such a great question. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the amazing expert Dr. Erica McAllister from the Natural History Museum in London for telling us why bugs are so little. And a big thank you to Ryan, Dylan and Alaric for this week's questions. Remember, the paperback version of my book, Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year, filled with all of your questions, is out now. It's such a nice book. It's lovely. You can carry it around, you can give it to friends for Christmas or their birthdays, and it's full of cool facts on all of your questions, so I think you're going to love it. Do see if you can find it at your nearest beautiful bookshop. 
Have a wonderful week looking for teeny tiny insects and thinking about all the atoms in every single thing in the universe. If you have a question you would like answered, do just record yourself saying your name, your age, a bit about yourself, and send it to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. I'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye.